Today is the 2nd of October, 2021. We've come together to practice the Dhamma. And the mind that's able to achieve peace and collectedness needs loving kindness and compassion, these qualities of metta and karuna. And these qualities of loving kindness and compassion are meditation objects that are part of the four Brahma-viharas, the four divine abidings of loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. These are meditation objects that are able to bring our minds to peace and unification. Some individuals that are of a dosa character or aversive uh, character, they get angry easily, feel uh, vengeful or wish to harm or hurt others on a regular basis or very often. So someone with this uh, character type uh, should build the or cultivate the meditation on loving kindness and compassion because this meditation can help uh, cure its opposite. It's just like when we uh, have a cold and we seek to cure the cold. We have a skin problem, get some medicine for the skin. Or we get a virus or bacteria, and then we seek a medicine to cure that illness. Then we see that this dosa, this anger and aversion, it's a disease of the mind of one type. It's one type of mental illness. And so we use the medicine of loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity. This is something that all people experience, this quality of dosa. So all people uh, have this type of illness because all people have this clinging and attachment to the sense of self and comparing oneself with others and feeling that oneself is greater, equal or less than others particularly if one feels that one's self is lower than another, not equal to another, then this quality of jealousy can arise. This can happen in one's studies. One feels one can't compete with a fellow student or the other student uh, does better than oneself in some field. And then the mind in a not good state will give rise to jealousy or at work someone will be in a higher position or higher rank or be better at a certain task and then jealousy will arise here as well. So the four divine abiding meditations can help with these experiences, particularly mudita, sympathetic joy. It's a mind that's empathetic, uh, sympathetic to others. We see that one who's a leader as a higher position than others, it's because their mind has already uh, been trained well. It's a mind with the four divine abidings, loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. So this is a mind that has merit, has humbleness, has uh, empathy. And when the mind is humble and empathetic like this, this is a mind with goodness, with merit, that has good karma. And this type of mind will be born in a high 
a rebirth, a high place. And others will respect oneself. And this is because of the goodness that one has built in one's mind. And we also recollect that loving kindness is one of the araka kamatanas, one of the great protection meditation objects. And if we have samadhi, if we have collectedness already, and we have loving kindness established in our minds, then our samadhi, our collectedness won't degrade. So these four divine abidings of loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity are all important meditation objects for our minds. And we should seek to establish them well in our minds. We can ask ourselves, well, one with loving kindness, would they hurt others? Would they try to kill others or damage others? We see that a mind with loving kindness won't wish harm on any other being, won't kill or hurt any other being. So we see that this uh, loving kindness, it leads virtue to be established in oneself, particularly the first precept of panatipada, not to harm or kill, not to kill other humans or other beings. So one who has loving kindness in one's heart, one has loving kindness and compassion, won't kill other beings. Because they see that other beings have suffering already, that all beings have to experience old age, sickness and death already, and that all beings are the same in this regard. Having been born, beings receive their karma, and so that life can be difficult already, and beings experience suffering already. We can look at the example, for instance, of cows or buffaloes. They didn't get born into this life uh, thinking they're born for the sake of being the food of humans, but they're born according to their karma. But some uh, individuals, it's their livelihood, it's their job to kill uh, animals like cows or buffaloes. And this, making this type of karma can lead to an animal rebirth, can lead that human to be an animal themselves. And sometimes their face or skin will change and upon death they can be reborn in an animal realm or if their karma is even heavier, then they can go lower than the animal realm uh, to hell. So we may have heard ourselves that uh, someone who kills a lot of animals like this, like cows or pigs, upon death, they'll make the sound, they'll make sounds like a cow or like a pig as they're dying. And this is because the, of the karma that they've done. So mind with loving kindness won't harm or won't kill uh, the lives of others. And some people having been born, they need to care for their livelihood in different ways. They may kill animals to make some money or they may uh, kill animals uh, to, for eating and to feed their family. And they feel that this is something they need to do to survive. This is, so this is normal that this occurs. 
But we practice to see the drawbacks of this type of behavior. And even if we kill uh, six days a week, then at least on the lunar observance day, the one pra, then we uphold the precepts and practice not to kill on that day. And on the lunar observance day, we go to the monastery to chant, to meditate, uh, to practice the Dhamma. And we do this regularly, it can give rise to wisdom. There's one disciple of Lumpu Cha who was a farmer, and he would often kill frogs or toads for food. He came to listen to the Dhamma, and he felt this sadness arise in his heart that he didn't want to kill anymore. But he thought to himself, well, what should I do? It's my job, this is my livelihood to kill in this way, to care for my family. So he contemplated this all the time, for a long time. And he did give up killing, but he still was breaking the legs of the frogs, so he still felt sad. And then there came the point where he was out catching frogs, and the ones that were caught already, he contemplated, and he still felt the sadness in his heart, so he released them. And his friends who were out there uh, catching frogs with him, they were wondering, well, where did these frogs go? How'd they escape? So we can see that one with faith in the Dhamma will uh, let go of frogs in this way. And after this long time of him contemplating, he went and told Lumpu Cha this story. And it took him time to stop the behavior of killing because he felt he needed to do it to care for his livelihood. But in the end, he had the intention to stop, and he didn't uh, stop catching frogs. So this is having mindfulness and clear awareness to recollect that killing is a type of unwholesome karma. So it's a type of negative karma, so we have mindfulness uh, arise, and we can remember the teachings of our great teacher. And based on this remembrance, the recollection of the teachings, we're able to stop this behavior of killing, we're able to cease uh, the killing. We can also look to uh, larger animals that humans kill and eat, such as uh, deer, uh, pigs, or cows, or buffaloes. And we know already that uh, for instance, cows, it's a type of red meat, and that red meat can lead to cancer. For instance, one can look at Australia, which is a developed country, and they inspect their food very well. And they look at the meat and expect it for chemicals and uh, various chemicals that shouldn't be there. And so the level of food safety and level of care with the food is very high. But you can ask, well, do they have cancer in Australia? And you say, well, yes, there's a lot of cancer there, particularly cancer of the intestines. And this one cause of this is because of eating uh, beef and eating red meat, which is a cause for cancer, leads to cancer. And we can see one of the reasons for this is that when the animals are about to die, they are experiencing a lot of fear, a lot of terror. And so these chemicals of fear are released throughout their body 
uh, before they're killed. So an individual who eats a lot of this meat, a lot of this red meat, it'll cause the cells in their body to change and this will lead to cancer. So we should contemplate this, contemplate to have loving kindness, to have sympathy, not to harm any beings. And if we eat uh, meat, this is not in itself a bad uh, karma or it's not against virtue. But if we eat a lot of this kind of meat, then it can lead to the degradation of our bodies and lead to cancer. So if we know this well in our hearts, then we'll try uh, not to do it. We don't kill, we don't order others to kill. We don't wish for anyone to kill for our sake. And so when our minds are established in this way, it's not a bad karma to eat meat. But if we like the flavor of meat a lot, then this can lead uh, to harm and it can even eventually lead to the behavior of killing. For instance, for myself, when I was a lay person, I didn't know about virtue. I didn't know about the teachings on sila that the Buddha taught. And I wasn't established in sila as a lay person. So I was at home and we had a live fish, fresh fish that were still alive. And those fish were there for my family to kill and cook in order to get the flavor of uh, fresh fish when we ate it. And I was the eldest child at home at the time because my older sibling had already gone to school. So I was asked to uh, take care of the fish for the family to eat. And so at first I did uh, hit the fish and kill it for the family but I felt very ill at ease in my heart. I felt very unhappy with this situation. And I thought of the rebirth of uh, the fish. And I felt it was something that I, I had to do. But the next time the occasion arose where I was asked to uh, kill the fish to prepare it, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't accept uh, doing this act. I was just a child then, but I still had this feeling in my heart, this feeling deep down, that I really didn't want to do this action. I didn't want to kill the fish. So no one had uh, said anything to me or taught me anything about this, but I just couldn't do it. And I was a child, so I didn't know if I didn't uh, kill the fish what would happen to me. Would my family have nothing to eat? I just didn't know about these things, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I stopped doing it. I didn't uh, kill the fish. So the innermost heart in me was like this. I just couldn't accept uh, doing this action. So after this point at my house, we didn't have live fish there to kill, to eat but instead my mother would go out and buy fish that were dead already. And sometimes she would walk past a fish seller and the fish seller would only have live fish there to sell for people to buy live and then kill themselves. But my mother, seeing that there were no fish that were dead already, would simply walk past that 
stall without buying anything. But she found that when she returned back by the same way, that that same fish seller had some dead fish out for sale. And so it was as if the seller knew uh, what my mother's intention was not to buy any live fish. And so sometimes it's, it's like this. But my mother had no intention uh, for that person to kill the fish for her. So this is an example. So therefore we need to practice and train our minds in loving-kindness, to have loving-kindness established in our hearts. And even if we encounter uh, hard times or difficulty, we can still uh, live in this world, we can still uh, live with ourselves. And we can consider again the example of cows, which are a larger animal, and they're and they have their calves, their, their baby cows. And these cows are killed uh, for humans to eat. So we contemplate uh, this issue. When these cows and calves go to the slaughterhouse, it's very difficult for them to escape that situation, very difficult for them to survive. But there are some occasions, sometimes, there's an individual with a lot of loving-kindness who seeks to help them. For instance, there's a story of one disciple who uh, practiced releasing cows that are set to be slaughtered, uh, cows that are pregnant, or adult cows and uh, baby cows as well. And this disciple would release one, two, three, and this disciple has a great deal of faith and released uh, a thousand uh, cows in this way. This is something that's not uh, easy to achieve or it's not something that comes uh, cheaply either. It's something that requires a lot of uh, money as well. So just uh, one cow can cost around 30,000 baht. So it ends up uh, being a lot of using a lot of money to save this many cows. So we can see that this is a lot of loving-kindness in this individual to help cows in this way. So we should uh, contemplate this issue. We see that the Buddha taught to contemplate uh, food, to contemplate the issue of eating. We don't eat in order to delight in the flavor of the food we're eating. We don't eat for the sake of the deliciousness of the food, but we eat in order to have energy to survive, energy to live our lives and do what we need to do. We can, or the Buddha taught the simile that imagine one was traveling through a desert with one's beloved child, one's only child. And that child uh, died uh, because of a lack of food in this uh, desert. And this child that was your dearly loved child was dead and you had no other food. And if you didn't eat anything, then you yourself would die as well. And so one may uh, eat that, their beloved child for the sake of survival the child that one loved. And so eating this child that one loved, how would one feel? 
one would eat out of necessity, but not out of uh, delighting in the food. So the Buddha taught to contemplate food in this way, to give loving kindness to the beings that brought the food to us, not to uh, delight in the meat that we eat, but we eat meat for the sake of taking care of our bodies, not for the sake of liking the flavor. Because if we like the flavor like this, then this is uh, unwholesome karma. It's not in line with loving kindness and compassion. So for uh, monastics, we need to be well established in these first five precepts, first of all, and have loving kindness. And if we like the flavor of our food in this way, it can be a type of karma for us. So we need to be careful about this. So this quality of loving kindness is something we need to practice and cultivate. We have loving kindness and compassion to help those that are in pain and suffering. And there are many examples of uh, even animals having compassion for humans. For instance, a child floating in floodwaters and a dog seeing that child, the dog can go uh, jump, jump in and help that child. And we see it's an it's a animal, it's a dog, but the mind of that dog is, can still be very good. And there are many examples and stories of animals having loving kindness for each other, for other animals of other species, and for humans as well. For instance, uh, gorillas uh, helping those that are in a state of suffering, or uh, gorillas helping humans that are in difficulty. So this is the quality of having loving kindness. And there are many uh, stories like this of animals uh, helping humans. Even animals that a human might want to eat but still that animal uh, helps the human. Another example is a, a kangaroo in a forest fire, and that kangaroo experiencing a lot of suffering, and it went to seek out humans, uh, went to seek out their help, because it felt like it was, or the kangaroo wouldn't harm the humans because it was in danger and in suffering and it was just looking for uh, help from the humans. So even animals that normally might be uh, fearful to us, but when they're near the end of their life and they're in some kind of deadly danger, then even that fearful animal may come seek the help of humans. And for monastics, it's part of the monastic discipline not to eat the meat of certain animals. The monastics are forbidden to eat the meat of horses, uh, tigers, humans, elephants, dogs, snakes, lions, bears, uh, panthers, leopards. And if we, if one were to eat the meat of these types of animals, then the animal the other animals that are still alive would know that one had eaten the meat of that species. For instance, if one eats dog meat, then other dogs can smell uh, 
that one has eaten dog meat and they're able to know that. There's another example of a, of a medical practitioner whose job was to perform abortions on uh, others. And so this individual uh, did a lot of abortions and ended the lives of many uh, fetuses. And so this built up a certain type of energy around this uh, person who performed the abortions. And when this individual uh, helped with the birth of a, a live child, she, or when she picked up a child, uh, the child just started crying because the child was receiving the energy of this person who had uh, caused the deaths of many fetuses because the child didn't know that the, that this medical practitioner had done uh, these abortions, but they got a certain feeling in their heart that led them uh, to feel ill at ease and to cry. So these qualities of loving kindness and compassion, they bring quality of coolness and ease to our hearts. The fully self-awakened Buddha in a past life as Suvanasama, he lived in the forest with his ascetic parents. And for a, many, a radius of many kilometers around where they dwelt, none of the animals would hurt or harm one another. All the animals lived in harmony without harming each other or harming the humans. And these animals felt very full in their hearts and felt content. They had no wish to harm. This is because of the energy of loving-kindness from the Bodhisattva and that life as Suvanasama, where he perfected the parami of loving-kindness. So we see that this energy of loving-kindness and merit brought peace and harmony to all the animals of the forest. So this is something important. So therefore, may you cultivate these qualities of loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. May you build them up and cultivate them in your heart. And if there's someone that you have a disliking for, may you contemplate that all beings go according to their karma, and that whether one likes them or dislikes another person, uh, contemplate that it's uh, their karma and then you're able to have loving kindness for them and then this can uh, change the mind of uh, the individual. So again we recollect loving kindness as one of the great protection meditations and it's a type of meditation that can uh, improve our minds and help our minds be well established in virtue, particularly the first precept be very well established. So may you be intent to train your minds in this way, to have virtue as a foundation and to practice to train your mind to see everything as empty, to be able to see and know the Dhamma. So may you uh, set your hearts on training the mind in this way.